You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, today's Tuesday, so you know what that means. We get Aaron Rodgers, presumably going to be on the Pat McAfee show. So maybe our first real opportunity to hear some kind of a news-breaking uh, kind of thingy madoodle. You know what I'm talking about. I'm guessing it doesn't come today, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm not even positive he's going to be there. Maybe he needs another week off from... McAfee, I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of jump into this one. There's, uh, there's no real kind of minor news. Um, the only somewhat interesting things that I can note, this is from Nikki Jabvala. says, important note regarding the impending sale of the Denver Broncos. It's an auction. Uh, because the team is in a family trust, it's the fiduciary duty of the trustees to sell to the highest bidder, not necessarily the preferred candidate of the league or team. Now, I still don't really get how this works because I still feel like there would need to be some approval from the other teams to be sort of welcomed into the club. Uh, clearly, this tweet is saying that's not true, but um, I mean, if I owned the team, it was like, I'm going to sell to this billionaire, uh, you know, whatever. I'm going to sell to Elon Musk. And the rest of the league's like, no, don't do that. I'm like, it's my team. I do whatever I want. Unless it's something contractual that I have when I bought it that says I physically can't do it. In other words, it's not a matter of being let into the club. It's a matter of you have a contractual obligation. Having bought this, it's in some kind of writing that you can't. But now that he's no longer around, and this is just an auction for people that... I, I don't know. I don't know how this works. It's, it just seems odd to me um, that there is this kind of a loophole where because it's not being sold by the original owner, now anybody can buy in and just do whatever they want. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm thinking of all the possibilities. Um, and because I'm not a Broncos fan, I don't have to care about it being a good or bad purchase. I'm just thinking about the biggest buyer or buyers, because a lot of times it's super rich people pooling their money. But I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't mind um, something a little off the wall. Again, because I don't care if it's a successful or unsuccessful thing. I just want something kind of crazy to happen. I wouldn't mind if like a bunch of rich musicians got together and uh, pooled their money and bought a team and then ran it into the ground. That would be entertaining to me. I think that would be awesome. I wouldn't mind if Elon Musk bought it and started putting all kinds of crazy technology in his, in his stadium. And I mean, can you imagine what that guy can do? He has enough money to buy the entire NFL. I mean, he, he could buy all the teams. Just be like, I'll, I'll take all of them. I mean, not, not really, because you'd have to pretty much liquidate everything. Actually, you know what? He, I think he could and still have a bunch of money left over. He would have to liquidate some of his money, probably. 
He already liquidated a ton, didn't he? Just on a whim. <laughs> which is what he does, which is why I think he's kind of funny. He, that would be an area where I think Aaron Rodgers might go over there, just because I feel like they're kind of on the same wavelength. They're just kind of dudes that are like, I don't know, I feel like doing something weird today. Who wants me to buy $60 million in Bitcoin or whatever? All right, sounds good. I'll do it. Who wants me to liquidate like $30 mil- billion just, just for fun? And I'll pay like, you know, $15 billion in taxes, put the rest in a bank account or like thousands of them. Just because, eh, I don't know, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored with my missions of colonizing Mars. Granted, owning a football team would be a really boring ambition for him, but again, he could do crazy stuff. I don't know. I, I'm just, I, it'll probably be some uh, investment person who buys it that nobody's ever heard of and will just carry on as normal. It'll be like the Fords, and they'll hire somebody from their business that is a top-ranking official to go in and run the team, and he'll hire some football people under him to kind of handle some sort of blah, 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 whatever. But um, it is it, that is something to monitor that I think is potentially interesting. I don't know. And I, I don't even know if this is necessarily true or means what it sounds like it means. It still seems odd to me that there would be some kind of a loophole where just anybody can welcome their, themselves into the NFL against the wishes of the people within the NFL. It feels like they've got a pretty good legal stranglehold on um, on the NFL, <laughs> you know? Hard to believe that there would be such a obvious loophole to just let anybody in. Um, additionally, this via Ken Ingles yesterday says the Packers have 31 days, so as of today, 30 days, to get under $52.9 million and then stay under $70.3 million in the 2022 salary cap. Many ways to get there, but the bulk of the work will go through these contracts. Buckle up. Rogers, Zedarius, Bakhtiari, Clark, Preston Smith, Alexander, Amos, Cobb, Turner, Lowry, Jones, Lewis, Crosby. The reason I bring that up is because 30 days is not a long time, and uh, $53 and $70 million is a massive amount of money. And I understand there are certain chips that need to fall, but not all of them. They know they have to restructure David Bakhtiari, right? The only wrinkle there is, as some people have pointed out, maybe there's something extremely wrong with his knee and they're worried about that. And they're like, I don't know if I want to push out money and lock, because that's what you're doing. When you restructure him, you're putting money in his pocket and kind of giving him more long-term security. Or at the very least, you're hurting yourself in the future if you end up moving on from him. So if there's any concern whatsoever, you're kind of looking at that going, I don't know, dude. Let's see how his knee's doing before we make that determination. But you've got 30 days to make that determination because I don't, I don't know how easily you're getting under these numbers without touching his contract. And by the way, the only other option, I think, would be to let him go. <laughs> so probably just going to restructure his contract and cross our fingers. But either way, the point is you've got decisions that you know you're going to make. Um, more than likely, within 30 days, Zadarius will be gone. Uh, Bakhtiari will be restructured. Kenny Clark will be restructured. Preston will either be gone or restructured. Alexander. Now that's a tough one because they're going to want to rework his contract, but that's a negotiation. Jair gets to be a part of that contract talk and his agent. So Green Bay doesn't just get to say, hey man, we got 30 days. Let's wrap this up here. How about this? How's this sound? Here you go. Go ahead, sign it. Come on, sign it. So presumably they're working, I mean, they're burning the midnight oil, working overtime, trying to get a lot of these different things done. Um, but the point is, they kind of know the direction they want to go. Maybe some of these things are questionable, and so you have to set up sort of an order of operations. We know that, start with the ones you absolutely 1,000% know and work your way through that. And then if there's any complications, we have to tweak it. For example, try to get something done 
with Jair, try to get something done with Devontae, try to get something done with Rodgers. But if any of these things aren't getting done, there are certain guys that you might consider extending that you might say, you know what, we're just going to have to move on. Um, you know, maybe a guy like Crosby, which isn't very much money, but it's one of those where it's, it's a low enough amount of money where you can maybe try to hang on for now with the expectation that you're probably going to let him go. But if, if money's just not moving fast enough, we're just going to move on from Crosby. But again, there, there's some guys here that are easy decisions. I think they know Zadarius is gone. I think they know Bakhtiari, Clark, Aaron Jones. These guys are getting restructured. I think they know Randall Cobb is gone. Um, Amos, I'm sure they have a plan for. I'm sure they know what they'd like to do. But again, maybe that's kind of a question mark. I don't know. Preston is another question mark for me. But again, the main point here is that things are going to go fast and furious. And the fact that nothing is happening, it's just dead quiet. Um, we're going to have over the next several weeks, some rapid fire news, because there is a lot of work to be done in a relatively small period of time. So I am, I, I am kind of excited about that because I don't like, um, I don't like the speculation as much. Oh, if only because we've been doing it for such a long time, you know, we've played that game already. Well, maybe this, what about this? Have we considered this? Have you looked at this? We've been doing that all year long. It's part of the reason why last year, when I got those questions, I was like, I don't know, man, I don't want to talk about it right now. Once the chips start to fall, we can start to look in other directions and start to kind of clarify or, uh, you know, rethink certain things. You know, quarterback, for example. Rodgers comes back. We don't have to speculate anymore. Well, I guess we still have to speculate with love. Are we trading love? Are we keeping love? I don't know. Wide receiver. We got a bunch of guys that are, their contracts are, I mean, pretty much our entire wide receiver room is a question mark. Who's staying? I, I don't know. Cobb probably isn't. Lazard, I don't know. MVS, I don't know. Devontae, I don't know. Edge rusher. Big question marks there. And it, it you know, it, I mean, it changes what you do. I mean, just even doing the draft. I mean, you can, as I've said, you can look at any position and it makes sense. But in the matter of 30 days, we're going to have some much more clear, not that we know what the Packers are going to do, but we're going to have some pretty big preferences in what we would like them to do early and often. And it also can direct what we do in, in free agency. We get a better picture of how much money we're going to have and uh, maybe some targets in free agency because even if we don't have any money, you know they're going to do something. It's just a matter of do we have $5 million to spare or like $2 million to spare? But one of the things I wanted to do just kind of for fun because we haven't done this yet and because we'll probably get some clarity on Aaron Rodgers in the near future, whether it be today or next week or the week after, I don't know, but... Um, it's worth at least maybe exploring. We, we talked yesterday about the fact that maybe, possibly, Rodgers could move on. Um, and I think the major assumption is if Rodgers moves on, then that means Jordan Love takes over. Probably. But almost zero time has been dedicated to the idea that maybe, possibly, somebody else runs the ship. We just saw the Rams drop $20 million on a free agent, well, not a free agent, but on, on a different quarterback, and win a Super Bowl. Because here's the thing, and I, I want to elaborate on this in a different direction. Maybe we could kind of do it now as a segue. I don't know. All this stuff kind of blends together. I don't know the order to do this in, but I think the general thing that brought me to this point, I'm kind of starting from the end and working the other direction, but the thing that brought me to this point is the idea that it's really important to acknowledge the... D <sighs> Again, the, the salary cap is a cap. It's a limit. And so when you look at a player's production, let, 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 let's, let's do this real quick. We always talk about the two biggest failures in that game that we had. What were they? 
Number one is special teams. Number two is Aaron Rodgers. What's the biggest difference between those two factors, though? Do you think Aaron Rodgers making, you know, $33.5 million a year is a factor? The question is, what are you doing based on the expectations? And I think with money comes expectations. And so really, with every player, it's not even a matter of how good you are. It's how good you are compared to how much we're paying. That doesn't matter as much in a league that doesn't have a salary cap. If I have infinite money, I can overpay for talent. If I pay twice the amount of money for half the production, but you're still one of the better players in the league, it's still worth it because you're an upgrade and that's all that matters. But when there's a salary cap, what you're really trying to do is not get the best players. You're trying to maximize the talent per dollar. Over the Cap actually does this. They, they have a metric for it, but it's a pretty garbage metric, and it's a wasted opportunity for something that's really awesome. Um, the Packers don't usually do terrible on this. I talked about it a little bit uh, last year. But what really matters is your value based on your cap hit. Because here's our cap. This is how much money we have. And the question really comes down to, how much value we're getting for the money that we're spending. And the the fact of the matter is Aaron Rodgers is basically topped out. You can't really get much more value than Aaron Rodgers is giving you. He's won back-to-back MVPs. Throwing more money at him doesn't do anything. We've squeezed all the value we can get out of him. And so really, the, the only thing we can do is put money other places, but guys like Aaron Rodgers are a hindrance to that because we don't have any money to put anywhere else. The benefit of a guy like Matthew Stafford is that when you pay him $20 million, you have money to put other places. So although Aaron Rodgers is better than Matthew Stafford, the honest assessment and question we have to ask ourselves is, is the extra $10 million or whatever it is for Aaron Rodgers a bigger benefit? In other words, is that money, that that extra $10 million, better served on that same position of quarterback? In other words, let's, let's say you're the Rams. And you have Matthew Stafford. And obviously, this is kind of an unfair comparison because he just won the Super Bowl. But it's a question nonetheless. You have Matthew Stafford. You have $10 million. Would you rather put that $10 million into the quarterback position and try to squeeze more talent into that position? Or would you rather put it around the rest of the team? Go out and get guys like OBJ and Von Miller, et cetera, et cetera. And the same is true with Devontae. We're going to be paying him more money, and we're not getting more production out of him. He's tapped out. He's maxed out. Now, that doesn't mean you just get rid of him. But the point is, we're going to be going negative. Our team is going to be getting worse when we give Devontae more money, because just giving him more money does not give us more talent. He's just going to be taking talent. We're we're taking literal talent from other positions, and we're converting that into money and just giving it to Devontae for no additional talent. So our team goes negative in uh, in terms of our talent per dollar. It has to, unless Devontae digs deep and finds a way to be millions of dollars better. And when you look at guys like Razul Douglas and Devondre Campbell, and you see how much talent and production you get out of just a handful of millions of dollars, you're going to take like seven Devondre Campbells and just give it to Devontae for nothing. You're going to give it to Aaron Rodgers for nothing. You're sapping your ability to go to these other places. And so there is a, a point at which it, it makes sense to say you, there, there's sort of a bell curve. With, with every position, there's a bell curve, and it's going to be at a, at a different mark, but I, I think you get to a point, and quarterback is, is, is going to be the biggest question mark because you know it's, it's so invaluable, presumably, to have an Aaron Rodgers or a, a Pat Mahomes because these are just the premier players, Josh Allens. 
But especially in these kinds of systems that you're seeing really become prevalent, you know, again, Cincinnati Bengals, L.A. Rams, San Francisco 49ers, Green Bay Packers. The, the goal here, not even necessarily the main goal, but what seems to be happening is these are teams that don't really require elite quarterbacks, which means the more money you invest in, in quarterback and not getting the returns, it's even more negative because you can take a Matt Stafford and make it work. Aaron Rodgers had a bad day because our offensive line wasn't good enough. We couldn't do anything to improve the offensive line because all our money was tied up. And so I'm not making a definitive statement about Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams. It's just a fact of the matter is there is a point at which you're, you're just basically throwing money away. And for every million dollars, I expect X amount of talent. And really, with all these guys, you start, you start going negative. And that just hurts the team overall. Your team gets worse. And so there does need to be a point at which you, you hold tight to the money and say, I'm sorry, I can get better value elsewhere. I'm not giving Devontae Adams $30 million or something stupid. I'm not doing that. If he's going to give me $25 million worth of production, I'll give him $25 million. I'm not going negative because I can get, you know, two guys that are giving me $15 million worth of production for $30 million rather than one guy giving me $25 million for 30 You know what I mean? If I'm going to spend $30 million, I'd rather get $30 million worth of production rather than 25 you only get one quarterback, but if, if Aaron Rodgers wants $45 million, but he's going to give me $35 million worth of production, or call it 40, I don't, I don't know how you'd quantify that. I think uh, over the cap has like the top quarterback at about 37. Um, Tom Brady, I think, was at $37 million worth of value in terms of the value he brings to the team. So if, if Aaron Rodgers is the best of the best, then we're calling it 37. I'm not throwing away... $8 million just to keep Aaron Rodgers. I would rather have, let's say, $30 million worth of production and take that $15 million and put it toward the offensive line, wide receivers, tight end to build around a quarterback that's going to give me that level of production, even if he's a less good quarterback. The point is, though, I'm not going negative with my own money. I want as close to paying under value or at least at value as possible. Guys like Devondre Campbell helped the team in such a massive way, not just because of what he did on the field, but the fact that he so massively overperformed based on the value. It's ridiculous. And the more you can do that, the better. That's also why the draft is so incredibly important. And people don't put any stock in the draft, and everybody thinks what the Rams did was brilliant. It's not brilliant. They're going negative all over the place because they're overpaying for everybody. Not everybody. Again, they, they did some great things and said some great, like Matt Stafford, I think they underpaid for based on the production. But where you really get your highest value is with draft picks, because you pay those guys nothing. Unless you've got the number one overall pick, and you, and you pick like a, a wide receiver, then you're kind of like, oh, maybe you overpaid for that guy. But at the very least, by the time you hit the second round, you're, you're, you're good with value. Good to go. Even the back of the first round, you're not overpaying pretty much, unless, I mean, unless they're trash, but whatever. So anyways, that brought me to this thought. What if, let's just say, Aaron Rodgers does leave and he does get traded? Let's say Devontae does too, just for fun. That doesn't actually sound fun, but the point is, we've got a lot of money, we got a lot of draft picks, so we can really build this thing out, right? That's the point. We can go out and we can build. And let's say we don't look at this and say, well, we're just going to suck for a while, let's just roll with love and, you know, I guess it is what it is, there's nothing we can really do. What if they look at what the Rams did and they're like, no, let's go get somebody, Let's go get our version of a Matthew Stafford and see if we can run this back. We've got money. We've got a ridiculous amount of draft picks this year and beyond. 
So we can sign a guy to a two-year deal or whatever, and we got picks this year, picks next year, and a bunch of money to go out and get free agents. Plus, we have a team, dude. I mean, (laughs) we've got a team. We still have David Bakhtiari. We still have Elton Jenkins. We still have Josh Myers. We still presumably have Billy Turner. We can continue to build on this offensive line. We have Aaron Jones. We have A.J. Dillon. We probably kept at least one of our wide receivers, and we can add to that. We've got Tunyon and Deguara, probably. We can add to that. We've got Gary. We've got Kenny. We've probably got Preston. Probably still got Devondre. We got Stokes. We got Jair. We signed him to a long-term deal. We probably still got Amos and Savage. We still got a team. Let's go build and let's get a quarterback that's just ready to rock and roll. What do you say? The question is, who would be a Matthew Stafford that we could go get? And remember, we've got a bunch of of picks if we did decide to trade draft capital for a quarterback. We have money to pay a quarterback, obviously, because the money we would have dedicated to Aaron Rodgers, we just send to somebody else and it would be much less expensive. But what we're really looking for is a guy that maybe isn't massively producing in their system, but we know that they've got talent. And we think if they come here with this system, they can be successful. For example, there is a guy that I don't think is leaving, but there's some talk that maybe the team would look to move on from him. In fact, there's a possibility that if we're doing a trade, it could potentially involve Aaron Rodgers. And maybe it's just a a different philosophy for each team. One team says, we don't need as much quarterback. We can make it work with a lesser quarterback and more money. And the other team says, we just need a better quarterback. That team would be the Cleveland Browns. Now, I know, listen, I know none of you are going to necessarily like this, but the, the point is, if we can find a quarterback that has talent, but within this system, we can really get the best out of him. Could a guy like Baker Mayfield be that guy? The other benefit of a Baker Mayfield is, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not the end of the world. If it does work, he's 27 years old, and we've got our guy for a very long time, and we're not paying him a massive amount of money. We can sign him to like a four-year contract that we can get out of after two years. And if he sucks, he sucks. And we can just straight up call it a competition between Baker Mayfield and Love. And then we've got kind of two options here. Either way, the Packers are going to be called stupid. You know, if Jordan Love takes over, it's like, well, why did you give up Aaron Rodgers for Baker Mayfield and just, you know, lesser picks? You didn't even need Baker. Who cares? Point is, we got two guys that potentially could carry us into the future. If one of them hits, we're good, right? We just need somebody to hit. But Baker is one of those guys where he shows flashes of brilliance, but sometimes it's just like, I don't know, man, he's just not good enough. He's kind of like Matthew Stafford in that way. He's clearly a talented guy, but he's just not really the guy that you think is going to be able to get you over the hump. At least that's what he seemed to be until he went to a team like the Rams, who's in a system like what you see in San Francisco, like what you see in Cincinnati, like what you see in Green Bay, and you realize that they can really get the best out of these guys. And and let's not forget, um, Matt LaFleur is especially the right guy for this because he's a quarterback guy. By the way, Cincinnati too, I believe their head coach became the quarterback coach um, for the Rams. I don't know if he's necessarily quite as good as Matt LaFleur in that category, but it's not a surprise that you get in this sort of shanahan system with a quarterback coach and Joe Burrow just blows up, right? Uh, Matthew Stafford goes into this system and he has his best year ever as a pro. Jimmy Garoppolo has been relatively successful. Not great, but again, it works. It's good enough. Can you get a good enough effort from a guy like Baker Mayfield and we keep his number low enough? I mean, if he wants massive amounts of money, then this just goes out the window. If he's like, I want $40 million, it's like, sorry, dude, this ain't going to work. If he wants, I I mean, I don't even know what the numbers are these days. Um, 33? I mean, if if the numbers are 45, then maybe 35 is is considered trash money these days. Plus, again, the actual cap hit this year is going to be, what, 22? So again, this is sort of a 
not necessarily all in in the sense that a lot of people want to say it, but but if the Rams are going all in with Matthew Stafford, how are we not with Baker Mayfield? Well, because you're going negative with quarterback. Yeah, but that's a flawed way of looking at it. We might be going negative at quarterback, but we're not going negative overall because, again, we're talking about salary cap dollars and we're going positive in terms of value. If Aaron Rodgers gives you $35 million worth of value and you're paying him $45 million, then we just lost a bunch of money. If Baker gives you 35, well, that seems unrealistic because it's the same amount, but let's say he gives you 30 and you're paying him 35, but your, your actual cap hit is 22. Even if we're technically negative on an average year per, average per year, whatever, you're getting a positive $8 million that we can spend elsewhere. Plus, just in general, actually having money left over as opposed to paying Aaron Rodgers and having nothing left over means that you can go do other things. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Deshaun Watson. I don't think that there's any chance that the Packers take Deshaun, but, you know, it's out there, so I'll, I'll say it. The only way that happens is if the Packers have some kind of inside information that, um, or if he just gets completely exonerated from all charges, but I, again, I doubt that'll happen. Um, if it does, then yeah, this is this is a guy that you want to go after. And you, you take all those picks you got from Rodgers, you throw it at the Texans, and you go get him. Um, Carson Wentz with the Colts, another guy that probably is not going to be anybody's favorite. Uh, the injuries alone would be problematic, would not certainly be my favorite. But as far as, again, a guy that has shown he has the talent, it's been a while, but he, he was pretty promising back in the day with the Eagles, potentially coming here and being able to do enough. He's 30 years old. If you think his body can hold up, I don't see why that would be the worst option in the world. As a guy that could potentially be good enough, but still provide you the, the flexibility financially to go out and invest in other places, because that's, that's really what we're talking about here. We're saying we're, we're, we're not doing this thing anymore where we're super quarterback heavy, where the only thing that matters is quarterback. Those days are done. We're not in that system. That's not this offense. That's not the NFL right now. I mean, it, it, I guess it kind of is with certain teams are quarterback heavy, but you got to be able to invest in other places. We want to have weapons all around. It's not just one wide receiver. We want two or at least one in a, in a really good tight end. We want to have the dominant defensive line and, and, and corners and all these things. We want to have all of that. Not just everything relies on Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers relies too heavily on one wide receiver. And we're so one-dimensional, it's ridiculous. We're going to build up this offensive line. We're going we're gonna to be a well-rounded team that runs the ball just as well as it throws the ball. Another option would be a guy like Derek Carr. Derek Carr has pretty consistently been top 10 to top 15 as far as PFF's rankings. Again, he's, he's a guy that is good, but you just feel like is not good enough. I mean, he is, he is, he is like a Matt Stafford. 31 years old, he's not going to cost a ton of money. It's going to take you a pick to get him. I don't know what, but it's going to be a fraction of what the, the two-time MVP is going to bring us in, in, in terms of a haul. And again, this could be a swap plus picks similar to what the Rams did. I mean, they traded quarterbacks and then got a haul of picks in addition. Well, it went the other direction, but you know, you can trade and get picks. And again, it's just a different philosophy where the Raiders look at it and say, you know, we would be so much better if we just had a better quarterback because Derek isn't just, he's just not good enough to get us over that hump. And the Packers are looking at it going, we've invested everything. We've got the best quarterback in football and it's just not good enough. Because, because here, here's the situation, and I don't mean to knock Rodgers, but the point is, you can't really get much better than he is. The problem with Rodgers at this point is that he's not perfect, right? He, he's the MVP. He's, he's, he makes throws that nobody else can. He carries the team. He can win games by himself. He can do all these magical things. You know, he can, he can lead those comeback wins with under a minute left, just like Mahomes and, and, and uh, Josh Allen and those super elite quarterbacks that maybe Derek Carr can't quite do. But you know what he isn't? Is perfect. Um, 
why don't we just pause here? Because I want to show you one thing that I looked at to elaborate on this point as far as is as far as the, the, there's no amount of money you can pay for that that extra element of perfect. So we're going to pause there. I want to take a break because we're there's there's nothing else I want to talk about today, I don't think. So we're we're just going to have to find a random pausing spot. Please remember to head over to my Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Look at the pinned tweet and you can find Drew. Um, he was diagnosed with epilepsy. We're trying to help him get a seizure service dog. We've got quite a ways to go. Um, if you have a little bit of extra money, I wouldn't mind giving it to Drew. Um, uh, I've got his GoFundMe pinned to the top. Again, uh, I know that there are some people that are very anti-GoFundMe right now. I did tag him in there. So if you want to donate to him, he does also have uh, ways that you can give direct to him. So just head over there, uh, DM uh, Draft Hobbyist, and he can let you know what his cash app is or whatever, and, and we can try to help him get his his service dog. Because again, we've all got uh, got issues, but this is this is a pretty big one, you know, and it's it's one of those struggles that he's going to have to go through his entire life that I don't have to go through. So any kind of um, help to make alleviate that that amount of stress and strain would be awesome. Also, please remember amodernfrontier.com. If you haven't done it yet, it's worth a shot. One, again, one of the benefits is he does it in smaller quantities. So it's going to be less money and you, it requires less freezer space. You can get a quarter pig, an eighth of a cow. The prices are extremely reasonable, which is another issue. You know, a, a friend of ours just went out and got a, I think a quarter cow and it cost a thousand dollars after processing and all that. And it's like, I just, I have a hard time justifying that, even though it's, you know, financially on, on a per pound basis, it's fine, but it's just so much money up front. It's tough to justify. But if you're talking 350 bucks for a month worth of, of high quality beef, that's pretty solid. So check out a modernfrontier.com. Remember to use promo code meatpacker. All that's uh, one word, all caps. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. 
all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So here's another element that I was kind of looking at, because again, the the point is, where do we go from here? We can't get any more out of Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers failed us. And and again, it's it's not even necessarily his fault. It's not that he did anything wrong, and people can be mad at him if they want to, but the only thing left for us to demand for this amount of money is perfection. You can't have bad days. Well, that's never going to happen. So what you need to do is maximize the quarterback position, but don't overpay for it because you need to get help elsewhere. Aaron Rodgers needed help, but we can't get him help because he's too much money tied up largely in Aaron Rodgers and other places. But, you know, the the lack of offensive line was a big problem. The lack of special teams. Granted, some of that has nothing to do with salary cap because we, we can pay outside of the salary cap for a coach, but some of it can have to do with the salary cap in terms of players on the team. But again, the the only thing left, because it's not a talent thing, Aaron Rodgers was one of the highest graded uh, quarterbacks in football, just elite, MVP, the whole thing, two years in a row. And, and again, it wasn't good enough, but the thing that was lacking was consistency. He had a bad day. Well, can you pay enough money to get a guy that doesn't have bad days? The answer is no. So you don't pay more. You don't pay more because there's nowhere to go but down. I mean, the, the, you can't go up anymore. Aaron Rodgers had... One, two, three, four, five days under 70 overall in, 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 on his PFF grades. Five. One of them was against San Francisco, 68.1 overall grade. He had one of his bad days. What about the rest of the really good quarterbacks? Justin Herbert had a 90 overall grade, technically higher than Aaron Rodgers. He had an 89.3. Justin Herbert, 90.1. But where does he rank with consistency? He had five days under a 70 just like Aaron Rodgers did. What about Josh Allen? He had a 90.9 overall grade. How many under 70 did he have? One, two, three, four, five, just like Aaron Rodgers. He had five days that were under a 70 overall grade. Uh, What about Tom Brady? Tom Brady had a 91, almost a 92 overall grade. How many days under 70 did he have? One, two, three, four, five, six. He had six days that were under, including his game against LA, was his second worst game of the year. Go figure. In the game that he lost, it was because of his inconsistency in just having a bad day for Tom Brady. What about Joe Burrow, the new uh, reigning champion in highest PFF grade, 91.8 highest graded of the year? How many negative days did he have? He had five under 70. Five bad days. One of them, in fact, was in the Super Bowl. So it was his inconsistency, his second worst game of the year came in the Super Bowl. There's nothing you can do about guys having bad days. And 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 the odds, if you're going to have five, and, and we're talking maybe 20 games, that's a one in four shot. If you're in the playoffs, the odds of you not having any bad days in the playoffs, not super great. The odds are you're going to have one. And if your team is all dependent on the quarterback, in other words, if your quarterback has a bad day, you lose, you're going to lose. The Bengals kind of are structured that way. Joe Burrow is a 
major, 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 major part of their success. The, the, by far the biggest. If he has a bad day, they're cooked. The Packers aren't supposed to be that way, the way that they're structured, but they still kind of are based on what they do with their salary cap. They're stretched real thin at that position. What about Kirk Cousins? It's another highly graded guy, 88 overall grade. One, two, three, four, five, six days. So everybody so far has had five or six. Matt Stafford, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight days. Eight. Still had an 86 overall grade, good year, but he had eight days that were bad. So how is it that they got as far as they got? That doesn't make any sense. It's probably because he's not the most consistent guy. He's really good when he's really good, but he has more inconsistencies. But you know what? The rest of the team around him is built to be successful. They had the ability and the capacity to invest in other places. They didn't make quarterback their number one priority. They made it a big enough priority, right? They're not just going out and getting some nobody. They're getting a guy that's capable, but, but the point is we just need a guy that's going to be good when he comes over to this system. We don't need the MVP because even the MVP is not perfect. They still have bad days. They still have inconsistencies. And if your team is built entirely on quarterback, then when he has a bad day, which is going to happen, we're going to lose. Probably. Uh, Tannehill, most of his games, he had an 83 overall grade. He was also in the top 10. Um, but he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bad days. Not surprisingly, when half of your games or even a little more than half are subpar, you're going to have a bad day in the playoffs. Yes, one of them was against Cincinnati and they lost that game. And you can say that that team is not built around Ryan Tannehill, but I don't know. I mean, just from a talent standpoint, even if they're not paying him a ton of money, which is the right way to go in terms of how to build the team, what have they done to be able to build around? I mean, they got Derrick Henry, that's true, but they don't have a super amount of elite talent everywhere else to be able to compensate your quarterback having a bad day and going on and just dominating. Derrick Henry helps a lot, no question about it, but I don't know. Um, Kyler Murray, he had an 83 overall grade, uh, also in the top 10. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games under 90. Dak Prescott, the final guy in the top 10, with an 82.4 overall grade, had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games um, that were under. So basically, if, if you had five games in which you were below a 70, which is below good, you know, in the average or, or possibly less than, that's a great year. But there is no amount of money you can spend on a quarterback that doesn't have bad days, that isn't going to have a bad day in the playoffs. There's no amount of money. There is no security against that. The best security against that is to build around the quarterback so that if he has a bad day, which in the case of Aaron Rodgers and most of those quarterbacks that lost in the playoffs, like Tannehill, it was his best worst day. It was like his 69.7 overall day, right? It, it was the, the, the next best day was in the 70s. But still, overall, we're still talking about a subpar day. But you need to be able to overcome that. And we couldn't, right? Did we, were we able to lean on the run? Well, no, because our offensive line wasn't good enough to run block and our running backs just couldn't go anywhere. So we couldn't do that. And, and plus, because we have Aaron Rodgers, we have this, this uh, mental block where it's like, well, you got to lean. We're, we're struggling. You got to lean on Rodgers. No, you don't. And we need to stop doing that. How dare you take the ball out of Rodgers' hands, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The problem is we get stuck on that. Even Matt LaFleur, again, he acknowledged that. We probably threw the ball too much because I just felt like, well, we can't take the ball out of a quarterback's hands, probably because the last time he did that, he got crucified even to this day. How dare you kick that field goal after Aaron Rodgers completely failed in miserable fashion to uh, get a touchdown. Just looked horrific against that defense that wasn't letting Aaron Rodgers do anything all day. Yes, they kicked the field goal because there was, there was almost 0% chance they were getting a touchdown there. Not going to rehash that whole thing, but 
again, he got crucified for that. So, well, I'm, I can't take the ball out of his hand because he's Aaron Rodgers. We don't need to put more money into the quarterback position. That's the point. Anyways, getting back to our little exercise here. There's a couple other guys that are probably not super great options, but you could talk about them. Um, I mean, there's Jimmy Garoppolo. They're probably going to be moving on from Jimmy G, but the fact that we've seen Jimmy G in San Francisco and it, they haven't been able to get over the hump, I, I don't know. You know what you're getting in Jimmy G. You know what you're getting in this system with Jimmy G. I don't know. Maybe it's good enough. I wouldn't want to invest a ton into him, and maybe you wouldn't have to. Maybe it would be a very low price. I don't know. There's also guys like Kirk Cousins. The problem with Kirk Cousins is everywhere he goes, he gets billions of dollars, not literally, but just massive amounts of money, and, and that defeats the whole point. I mean, I, w- I would only be interested in Kirk because, again, I don't mind Kirk at all. I think he's been pretty lights out at times. The only way I would be interested in Kirk is if he's kind of at the point in his career where he's just not getting very much money. It's, it's all about value. And I will, the, the only two criteria is you have to be above a certain threshold, which Kirk Cousins is, and you have to be a low-priced quarterback so that we have money to invest every, everywhere else. If, if we're not doing that, we might as well just keep Rodgers. I want to have that ability. So Kirk Cousins can fit that criteria. Again, I know everybody's just losing their mind at most of these things because they don't, but this is what I'm saying. I mean, again, Matt Stafford just won the Super Bowl. If I had suggested last year that if we moved on from Aaron Rodgers, we could trade for Matt Stafford and see what he can do in this system, everybody will lost their mind at that too. Kirk Cousins, I think, would be a fantastic option, again, assuming that we're getting him for a really low price at this point in his career. And he's 34 years old. You can easily squeeze two, three years out of him. But again, only if he's willing to take a lot less than he has been over the last couple of years. And keep in mind, um, for some of these guys, with the way that their contracts are, I, I don't know that they're even necessarily tradable. And I think my favorite option falls into this category. Kirk Cousins may as well, where the, the contract they have is just stupid. So the only way that this happens is the Vikings can't trade them. They end up having to cut them. And then it becomes an open competition and the Packers look to bring them out. Which, by the way, I mean, the, the Vikings would never trade them to the Packers anyways. That's, that's how that would have to happen anyways. But I think my favorite option, and this is exactly how this would be, um, would be Matt Ryan. The Atlanta Falcons have, have done essentially what the Packers have done in a lot of different areas with Matt Ryan, where they've pushed the money out so far that there's just no possible way at this point for them to be able to afford him. Um, especially when you start talking again about things like value. Um, the value for Matt Ryan is nowhere near his $48.6 million cap hit, and they know that. The crazy thing is, and, and again, this is where pushing out money gets to be real stupid. They save $8 million when they cut him, and they will, because they have to, because you cannot pay $50 million for a guy that's a mediocre quarterback. Here's the thing with Matt Ryan, though. He is 37 years old, so he's obviously getting up in eight. The Falcons are going to have to cut him, which means they're going to have to pay up their dues. They're going to have to pay $40.5 million in dead, dead money. They're just going to be completely floundering this year. But as a result, they're going to have no money. They're going to be really, really, really terrible, probably. And um, they're going to end up getting probably the number one, number two, number three overall pick. And they'll move on from this. So they know 2022 is a garbage year for them. They know that. But Matt Ryan is going to be a free agent. And the Packers are going to have the opportunity to talk to Matt Ryan. And what is going to be the biggest selling point? Well, it's the Green Bay Packers. And Matt LaFleur was Matt Ryan's quarterback coach. That was the one year Matt Ryan won MVP. Remember that? Remember how good they were? Matt Ryan was in the Kyle Shanahan offense with Matt LaFleur as his quarterback coach. The Atlanta Falcons were the most dominant team in football. 
offensively. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl and got embarrassed, but Matt Ryan was just unbelievable in that system. That's a heck of a selling point. So again, Matt Ryan's going to be walking around saying, hey, anybody interested in a 37-year-old quarterback that hasn't produced in several years? And the Packers are going to look at him and be like, well, you know, it's been kind of rough, but maybe you got a little bit left in the tank. Maybe. This is the Matt Stafford move. I mean, and it doesn't even involve a trade. I don't know what he'd be willing to take, but if our cap hit for Matt Ryan is somewhere in the 20s, and that frees up a little bit for us to invest in the offensive line so that we can be a powerhouse running the ball, if Matt Ryan can just come over here and be sort of a Ryan Tannehill-type quarterback who is just absolutely destroying teams with just very intelligent and well-placed passes to open receivers on a very play-action-heavy offense because we dominate running the ball, we're able to go out and find a really quality tight end to be able to operate sort of a 49er-style offense who has a good wide receiver, a really good tight end, and a just brutal, a brutal rushing attack. You don't think Matt Ryan can execute that? I'm not saying Matt Ryan is Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he's going to win MVP, although it's not impossible. He did it last time he was in this system and had this, you know, again. It's unlikely, but who cares? Who cares? We've had MVP. Didn't win a Super Bowl with it. Why? Because we're too dependent on quarterback. And this is going to be the hardest conversation to have with Packer fans because Packer fans have never known anything other than having the best quarterback in football. Even if he's not actually the best. I mean, going from Brett Favre to to Aaron Rodgers has taught us the only way to be good is to have an elite, elite quarterback, one of the best in football. Even if he's not the best, he's, he's going to be top two, top three, whatever. And if he's not, it's just a down year. But he'll be back. It's all we've ever known. Again, I, I have a sneaking suspicion Aaron Rodgers is back, but, but I at least wanted to put out into the universe the possibility that if he's traded, it doesn't have to be Jordan Love's season. It can be. But there is another way that we can still be quote-unquote all-in and not with Aaron Rodgers. There is a third option because most people are looking at it as we either reload and go all-in and try to win again, or we dump everybody, run it with Jordan Love, do the best we can, probably going to suck, and we'll see how it goes. Or we go get Matt Ryan, and he's our Matt Stafford, and we use our massive pile of draft picks to load up with offensive line and wide receiver talent because, again, Devontae maybe is gone too. If not, then maybe not wide receiver, but definitely offensive line. Get some more defensive pieces, whatever. Take our two second-round picks, probably. Grab a, a tight end and another offensive lineman. And then take whatever extra money we have and go out and get some free agents. We're still technically all in. We're just doing it with a different philosophy. Good, capable, quality quarterback that can operate the system. He's not an MVP, but he's good. But we're, we're taking the, the talent off of quarterback and distributing it around other parts of the team. And maybe you can do that with Jordan Love. Maybe that's the entire point of Jordan Love. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but good. And by the way, if, if, if that is the plan, it's even more so because we're paying that guy nothing. And you take all those draft picks and you take all that money, which doesn't include a Matt Ryan. Now we can really stack up. And again, what does Jordan Love have to be? That's the other part of this. So, you know, moving on to option two now instead of option three. How good does Jordan Love have to be? So many people are mad because he's not Aaron Rodgers. Why do you want him to be Aaron Rodgers? I mean, it's obvious answer. And there's nothing negative about being the MVP. But the point is, we've been down that road and we know it's not good enough. It's not all about the quarterback. It's about everything else. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And when you invest too much in one position, you're going to have more weak links. And the Packers have done a phenomenal job of having very, very few weaknesses, considering how much money they invest in just a couple positions. They've done a masterful job, but they still had some weaknesses. Offensive line was one of them, largely because of injuries. David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins were out. If they were playing, we might not even have a weakness there. 
which again, just goes to the point about how all this is kind of fluky anyways, and there's no guarantees anywhere anyways. But the better uh, ability you have to fortify all the other areas, the better ability you have to make it all the way through, regardless of your competition, no matter what the challenge is, we're ready for it because we have a counter to whatever your strengths are. You got a good pass rush, we got a good offensive line. You got really good corners, we got a run game and tight end. You got a good defensive line, we got good wide receivers and a tight end. You got good wide receivers, we got good corners. You got good tight ends, we got good linebackers and safeties. You got a good offensive line, we got a good defensive line. Whatever you got, we've got the counter. But in order to build something like that, you have to have the resources. So just a thought. I thought it'd be something fun to play with. Again, it's it's not a very big likelihood, but it is possible. And it's something that almost nobody's talking about. So I thought I'd talk about it. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.